This is Mr. International, and you listen to the you listen to the first Deal Podcast Show. Welcome to the first Deal Show with your host Caroline with a K. On this show, we're talking about investors' first investment property. Join me for a trip down memory lane as we hear the good, bad, and ugly of that first deal. This is your host here, Caroline with a K, with a wonderful guest who I have gotten to know over the past year and a half-ish, Mr. International, a.k.a. Lawrence Laddie. I'm so excited to have you on the podcast. Welcome to the show. Thank you, Caroline, for inviting me onto your show. It's an honor to be on your show. Thank you. Of course. So, as always, the 402 knows how it works here. The way that we works with this show is that I always ask you to kiss me, aka we ask you some questions to kind of warm you up into the first deal show. So the first question is, what was the first album that you purchased? Sly and the Family Stone. Oh, I've never heard of this one. What kind of music is that? That was <laughs> in the 60s. <laughs> <laughs> A vinyl? Yes, it was vinyl. It was definitely vinyl. It was definitely vinyl. Oh. That's way before. That's way before cassettes and CDs and MP3s. I know. (laughs) Well, I will let you know that I had someone on here that their first album was an eight track. So you're you're still doing pretty good, and vinyl's making a comeback. Ah, yes, it is. Yes, it is. All right. Numero, question numero dos. What was the biggest challenge that held you back from investing in real estate? Um, my biggest challenge was my um, not following the path that I was supposed to be going down. I chose to take my own path. And therefore, therefore with, that, with that said, um, I also didn't ask for help. I can absolutely relate to that. I think that's the biggest challenge is... Uh, who is it that says a closed mouth doesn't get fed? Oh, that might, that, is that me? <laughs> yeah, I think it is you. <laughs> um, I say I tell that to people all the time, and look at that. It's I've got the the one and only, the founder of this quote. So, yeah, this is it's so true, and I think we all struggle with remembering that sometimes we just got to ask and talk about what we're up to because it can be hard. Yes, it is. All right. Next question. What is something new that you learned or did during the pandemic that others might not know about you? Um, I learned during the pandemic that I, cha- that I had to change my mindset. I had to read more. I had to read more and get get into changing from the inside out. And that's what I did during the pandemic. I read during the pandemic. I believe I read in two years. I believe I read like seventy books. Wow. Now the people out here will say, you know, oh, you just need to read one book over and over again. But these, I, I believe in mindset, and some of these mindset books. That's saying the same thing in different ways, so therefore it keeps it hammers into you all the time. What you need to do is keep yourself afloat. 
because in honesty it's you against you it's not you against nobody else it's you against you how you think and what you do is all on you that is a great reminder thanks and finally what is your favorite quote my favorite quote it's you against you <laughs> it's you against you it's listen it's, it's you against you it's not you against the world it's not you against the haters it's you against you because if you allow the haters to get into your head right if you allow the haters to get in the head then you're losing because all life is life is a mindset game that's all it is it's a mindset game if you allow people to get into your head you're losing you're losing yeah, I think that's a really great point, especially with the with the advent of social media and how you can kind of see what everyone else is up to that sometimes it's hard to focus on you and what you want and what you're looking to do that we get stuck in, oh, look at what so-and-so is doing and look at what that one's doing. And before we even started recording, right, me and Mr. International were talking and he's like, what's going on with you? And I mentioned to him about these rentals and that we're selling them. And, you know, he's like, oh, just to, you know, like, and for 402, for you guys, like you might feel a little bit intimidated or scared about investing in real estate, but it just starts with one, right? Like you, it's all about taking that first step and looking for that first property. And so that's why we're here and that's why the first deal shows the thing to help you guys understand and see the possibilities that are available to you through other people's stories like Mr. Internationals. Talk about it, Caroline, so, talk about it with a K. Yeah. So with that being said, I'm so stoked to hear about Mr. International's story because well, where are you based and where are you investing? I am based in NYC, specifically, that's right, specifically the BX, home of hip hop. The Bronx. What? <laughs> whoop, whoop. <laughs> yeah, no, that's great. So Mr. International during the pandemic actually started a virtual meetup and that's how I came cross paths with him. So I've attended his meetup several times and it's always a good time. And then that's how we discovered he's from the Bronx and I'm from Queens. And so we've got this little rivalry going on, but you know, it's all in good fun and games. Yes, yes, yes. Um, so with all of that being said, Mr. International, tell us what was your first deal? Well, I'll be honest with you. My first deal was my um, my um, personal residence, right? My personal personal residence. Um, I my parents passed away, and I got the house, and that was my really my first deal. Um, my I've been I've been I've been a little backstory, right? I've been doing real estate for a while. My father, we moved from Harlem to the Bronx. He bought his first property, which I still have now. Um, then he bought another property around the corner. Then he bought a property across the street, right? Oh. So what he did was he bought, we had two family. He bought a three family, then he bought a five family. And this was in the 70s and 80s he did this. 
Isn't that when they were like bombing or weren't people destroying houses back then? Like fire, yeah. you know, mm -hmm. starting fires and trying to destroy property in the Bronx. So yes. how did he like, how did he have the confidence or the thought to like move from Harlem to the Bronx and start doing that? I'd be scared. Well, you know what? When we, when, and we, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a now you're back to my age, right? So my last year of high school, right? In 71, right? We moved, we moved. That time, at that time, the Bronx wasn't burning, right? But in 72, the Bronx started burning. Um, that's because of certain certain um, forces. They're building Co-op City in the Bronx, which used to be Freedom, used to be a, a, a Co-op City is used to be a, a, an amusement park called Freedom Land. And when they started building Co-op City, all the people who was in the lower Bronx, they, the vat, they, they moved up to Co-op City when Co-op City was built, and it created the vacuum. And a lot of landlords, so they say, right, were using it for insurance and other things of that nature. I don't know. I just read the paper, right? Um, so, yeah, the Bronx was burning. Howard Cosell, uh, fame, he passed away, famous uh, sportscaster. The Yankees were playing the World Series one time, and the fire was going on in the distance. You could see it. And he said, look, look, he said, look at it. The Bronx is burning. And I think that's where this whole thing started, really, with the Bronx burning. Um, but my father had vision. My parents had vision, right? Yeah. They had vision because uh, they wanted better for themselves and they wanted better for, for us, my, me and my sister. Um, so we moved, right? And the name of the game is, also we're, we're, we're from, um, my parents from the, uh, the West Indies, Jamaica. So um, we moved and also the best thing is to own an asset, right? You don't want to own liability. So we owned assets, right? And um, as I alluded to before in the questions, I chose my own path. And what happened is I believe that God has a path for everybody. It's up to you to stay on the path. I didn't stay on that path. I, took, I chose a different route, right? I chose the party route. And um, I had to get back on track. And when I got back on track now, that's when things... Uh, starting to move for me better in a better way yeah absolutely and we kind of took a little detour there and kind of heard a little bit of your whole story you know or not your whole story because you live a long life and you've got lots to tell but we heard a little bit extra so let's go back into this um, property that you're talking about that kind of landed in your lap your parents passed away um, so how did that end up becoming your first deal or like your first taste? Well, the, the, well what happened is my the private and my, my sister. So I bought it for my sister, right? Because so, okay. so, so it's a, um, I, I have three kids, right? Right now they have three grown adults, right? <laughs> but I had three kids at that time and I'm a, they, I was a single parent. So I bought the house, but I still kept the house downtown here in the Bronx, right? And I also had the five family. Um, but what happened is, we talked about before the questions, uh, asking for help, right? Yeah. I didn't have the help. I didn't know nothing. I didn't know who to ask. Now, I know how to do things, but I didn't know who to ask. And those days, there was not the internet. Yes, there was not the internet. Yes, yes, ladies and gentlemen, there was, there was wax vinyl before there was MP3s. Right, I DJ with vinyl with wax. Right, so what happened is that 
um, I didn't know who was who. And at that time, it was the five-unit building. If you don't know, you just don't know. Right? Yeah. And I was treading water, and I lost the building. Right? I lost the building. Um, the good thing about it, it didn't show up my credit report. Amen? Right? But that was just at the time when I lost the building. When I was going through these, these pains, right? That um, going through these pains, that's when bigger pockets was just starting. Oh. I didn't have the access, the knowledge, to, 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 to go. Right. So um, I lost the building, but on the other side of pain is success. And I, I believe that falling down is inevitable. But the choice you make, either stay down or get back up, that's the choice you got to make. And I chose to get back up. That's all. I chose to get back up. And I took my Arthur Prize. I tried to, by trying to save this building, I had two other buildings I put almost in the pre, one in the pre foreclosure also. Trying to save another building. So sometimes you have to let the dogs, let the dog go. If the bill is not performing, let it go. Right? Let it go. I didn't. I tried. I held on to it, working on making it work. It didn't. I lost it. And I, um, it cost me some sleepless nights. Right? It cost me some sleepless nights. But I didn't, I didn't let that keep me down. And I, I don't think that it's necessarily that you lost it. I think, you know, even in the wording, it's more of that kind of going back to letting it go right like sometimes you just have to cut your losses and it sounds like at least you were able to see that right once you realize and recognize oh wait a minute i'm going down this path of doing all this extra work and putting all this extra energy into something that might not actually pan out and so you had at least at a minimum the foresight to let it go because i think that's also a really good point is that you have to be able to have the vision like your parents to see beyond just what's in front of you right now. Right. Well, I and know so, Okay, I'm sorry. Um, just as a final note, right? Like you said that when you fall down, it's your choice to get back up. And I think as adults, um, like as a child, if you've ever watched children, mm -hmm. they fall and they're learning to stand up and they're constantly getting right back up. But as adults, we don't always do that. And I think that's something that growing up, right? Like no one tells us, I mean, they say to get back up, but then we kind of get into our own minds and to bring it full circle where you said you against you, right? So we're always fighting against ourselves because mm. we're the ones telling ourselves these things that we can't. But in reality, gravity pushes us down and then we get right back up and keep going. So. That's a thing. that's a great great way to put it. That's a great way to put it. That's the great a great way to put it. Yes, like children. Children get back they fall down and get back up. We as adults, we fall down and we uh, I don't feel like doing this no more. You know, you you can't let life win be against you, right? You gotta get back up and get into it. Yeah. Um so what were you gonna say? I was gonna say that I didn't I didn't let I didn't so what happens? I lost the building. I think I I, I caught you saying like I, I know this like I was gonna let sell it. No, I lost the building. They they is sold on the steps. <laughs> it sold the steps. The Bronx Court, Bronx County Courthouse. Um, oh. Yes, I lost the building. 
I lost it. And that's why I said I had some sleepless nights. Because what happens is also, you know, part of it was my parents bought it. My parents had it. And I thought, I saw, I've, and I don't know if I've told this before, but I said to myself, before, I, th- I think I let, let my, I was thinking I let my parents down. Right? Oh. But you know what? Yeah. That's not so. Right? They did it. They did the best of their ability. And I did the best of my ability. I believe that Winston Churchill says this. A man can do his best. That's all he can do. Yeah. So once you give it all you got, let go and let God. So wait, wait, wait. When you say it got sold in the courthouse, like the what was what were the issues? Like the tenants weren't paying the rent. Oh, they weren't. They weren't paying the rent. The building repairs. There are a lot of things going on. I had one tenant ask me one time if they didn't pay. Could not. Could they? Could they not pay their rent? Could they not pay their rent so they can get a they they can they can save up for a down payment for their house? You're kidding. <laughs> I got some I have some tenant stories. I could write a book on tenant stories. But um Wow. And they actually had the nerve to come up to you and say that to you? Like Yes, yes, they asked me that. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. Wow. But that was, that was just one of the issues, you know, um, I'm a firm believer in this. People talk about, you know, who don't want to pay, who doesn't want to pay rent. If the person, if the guy is street sweeping the street from a non-profit agency here in New York City, it's ready, willing, and able, to the person who is a doctor or a lawyer, if they don't pay their rent, they don't take care of the place, they're not going to pay their, they're not gonna pay their rent, I'll take care of the place. So... People have a, a stigma about certain people. Anybody who doesn't want to take care of the place and no one pay you rent, they will not pay rent. Yeah. Yeah, that's a really valid point, right? It's it's all about the character. Exactly. Exactly. Mm, okay, so if you could go back in time, right, and knowing what you know now, what would be a piece of advice that you would give yourself if you could start all over again with this whole real estate investing journey surround yourself with people who are willing to help you and get educated mm. solid advice that's the, that's it <laughs> the team the p like listen the net your network is your net worth Okay, show me show me the five people you hang around with, and I'll show you who you are. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so great. And tell us, um, is there anything that you'd like the four hundred two to know, or events that you have going on? Like, what's the best way for them to reach out to you and get in touch? Well, the best way to reach out to me is my number six four six. Two five zero eight four three zero. I don't have Calendly because if I'm busy, I can say I can't talk right now. Boom, that's it, right? Also, I have a meetup on Tuesday nights called Financial Independence through Small Multifamily Investing. We meet at seven p.m. every Tuesday night, um, and I also have an upcoming. I don't know when this this podcast is dropping, but I'm going to have. I tell you what, here's what we're gonna do. I have a mastermind event coming up, mastermind dinner event coming up December, December 3rd. 
And he makes sure December 3rd, the first Saturday in December, December 3rd, we have a mastermind dinner. We're having a guest speaker, a local guest speaker from, from Brooklyn, right? And um, come on, join. Find some information. I'm also on LinkedIn. Let's connect. Yeah, I love it. So there you have it, 402. If you want to learn more about Mr. International and connect with him and come out and attend his meetup, I've been to one of his events and they're great. Um, feel free to reach out and connect to him. You give him a call or hit him up on LinkedIn. And that's all, folks. 402. Did you learn something or take away a golden nugget? Then I'd love it if you would share this episode with a friend. And I'd really also like to talk to you about real estate on Instagram or LinkedIn. So follow me at First Deal Show. If you know someone that has an amazing first deal story, or you just want to give us the dirt on your first deal, shoot me an email at firstdealshow at gmail.com and let's get you on the show. 402, thank you so much for listening. I love all of you and I will see you next Friday.